It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Man, uh, you know, sitting down and watching that all twenty-two tape last night was a treat. It's a lot of fun, right? When <laughs> it you- was like the best television ever. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really great just to watch it all and and see it all unfold. And I'm, I'm super excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was like four thirty Eastern time. I started getting on Game Pass and just kind of checking to see when the coach's film was loading. I was just checking it at like every 15 minutes because I wanted to get to it. And it mm-hmm. finally it finally came up, and I was so excited. So uh, we, are the, we, we are the absolute biggest football nerds, but that's okay. That's, that's, that's why we love this thing. Um, and that's so, why we're here for you. Yes. Right. <laughs> so coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about some of the notes that we took on the L22 when we watched it last night. And uh, this is going to be a little bit more of a deeper view of the Cowboys. We're going to be talking about a lot of offensive line play, formation-based stuff, uh, some of what the defensive line did. So uh, if you love getting into the film, this is you know the, today's episode is for you. Uh, and let's jump right into it, Landon, because, man, I, there's a lot of things to take away when you put on the film. Um, the broadcast version doesn't do a very good job of showing us the offensive linemen. We don't get a ton of replay, so it's kind of hard to judge them there. Uh, but the L22 is fantastic. Uh, I just wanted to mention my, my biggest takeaway from this game when I turned on the L22 uh, was the offensive line in general was fantastic. Uh, I thought Connor Williams played well, but the player that I thought was maybe the most surprising was Lyle Collins. I, I thought he dominated in this game. Uh, just any brief takeaways from you know watching the, the offensive lineman via the L22? Yeah, I mean, I thought as a whole the group looked fantastic. I, I, I mean, I think we should still temper our expectations or hold on to uh, uh, our excitement until we see maybe a little bit more of a formidable group that they go against. But, I mean, you can only go against the people that they put in front of you. And Dallas dominated that group uh, basically all game long, all across the line. Uh, I think Connor Williams played fantastically. I mean, he's clearly... I mean, I think the best compliment you can give to the guy is that he's he's definitely fits right in with the rest of the Absolutely, group, yeah. and and is part of that 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 five. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's not really a huge discernible weakness on this offensive line, which makes it extremely dangerous. And I think, uh, you know, like I said, let's see what happens when we get a little bit more of a challenge for them. Um, but I mean, they they went up against an opponent that they should have dominated, and they thoroughly did dominate. Right. Uh, well, I want to talk a little bit about Zach Martin and Travis Frederick, too. Man, some of the, the, the blocks that they had in the run game were phenomenal. Uh, there were some reach blocks that Zach Martin executed that were fantastic. Uh, if you love watching offensive linemen, I highly recommend that you go watch them. There was, there was like a, I'm trying to remember the exact play, but I think it was like an eight-yard Ezekiel Elliott run. 
and Martin gets all the way to the left side of the field, gets the nose tackle, and is able to turn him to get uh, a lane open for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I, I just thought they were really good. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the, the the way that the Cowboys use some of their offensive linemen. Uh, Landon, you used or you noticed some ways that they were pulling their guards in relation to play action and RPOs. Uh, explain to the people what you saw. Yeah, I mean, I just think that you know, there's there's a saying with some offensive coaches that uh, if you, if you want to sell the play action, uh, you pull your linemen. And the idea is that you know, just to kind of briefly break it down is linebackers specifically you know they have keys and cues so that there's so much information that comes at them all at once so what the coaches do in order to kind of have them progressively go through what they need to in order to determine what's going on with the play is they give them keys or cues or whatever you want to call them and basically what they do is like okay watch the offensive linemen are they firing off off the high hat low hat you know is it is it low hat meaning they're firing off the ball and uh they're you know driving people off the line or is it high hat meaning they're standing up and getting into pass sets and that kind of gets you to the next progression of what your your eyes are supposed to do when you see a, a lineman pulling as a linebacker, often what they tell you to do is to run with the linebacker. I mean, run with the lineman because uh, you know that's where the play, the ball is going, um, and so it really messes with your cues. And it's not an easy thing to do, and that's why a lot of teams don't do it all the time. But it really messes with your cues when teams use play action or, in, in this case, RPOs uh, with those same pulling linemen because ultimately what it does is that if it's a play action it, it makes you bite hard on, on right. the run action right. making you think it was a run if it's an RPO it's not that it's a fake because if the ball does get handed off now you're running behind power movement but if anything what it does is that it really it, it almost kind of makes the option for you by you know forcing the linebackers to kind of really hard flow to that action um and 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 when they do you you occupy a lot of space behind them and i think i pointed out on twitter a couple of second and a third level maybe uh rpo where you know the 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 action basically drew the linebackers all the way in there was so mm-hmm. much occupied unoccupied space behind them uh, and then again like also like uh, it once you know uh, there was even a play where i think i showed that the linebacker tried to get cute or the third level defender tried to get cute and f- prompt uh, uh, Dak to throw the ball and then try to get back into the throwing lane. Um, and if they try to do that, you know, if they try to jump it, then all they have to do is actually give it off to Zeke. And if that linebacker isn't flowing to the ball when that when the action's going that way, now you've got a convoy in front of Zeke all going up the sideline in like a huge G-power sweep. Right, right. And, and that's not any good for the defense either. There was also another play, and I'm not sure if you saw this one. I think it was a, a slant to Randall Cobb where they had the entire offensive line going to the right, but the ball goes to the left. Did yeah. you remember this play, Landon? I think yeah, that's the it, one that I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Where they, well, they, they did a third level to, to – to, uh, well, I, mean, I don't know if it's a third or second level because they were doing a strong safety. But it, it was – they were doing it to, uh, to Cobb, and that was the one where I think the safety kind of faked – like 
prompted the throw by pretending like he was flowing, and then as soon as Dak pulled it away, he tried to drop right. back into yeah. Cobb's passing window. The best part about that is that it, you know when you're watching the game, everyone kind of assumed, well, that was a bad throw, good job by Cobb, but it wasn't. It was actually Dak in the middle of his throwing motion, recognizing that the, this defender had broken off from uh, his read and it was getting was going to occupy that passing lane, and that when Cobb broke inside, there was no other defender on the outside. So Dak put the ball on his outside shoulder because that was the safest spot where Cobb could catch it cleanly and not get absolutely murdered by the incoming safety as he was crossing. I thought that was really a, a nice play by Dak that doesn't look great, but was was a great savvy play by Vet QB. Yeah, you, well, actually, this, these are two different plays. The, the play that you're talking about was one of the ones where. The ball looked like it was thrown behind, but it was just a fantastic throw and catch from Cobb. There's actually another one, and I'm, I'm trying to look at it real quickly. Yeah, it actually went to Amari Cooper. Uh, they had uh, eight yeah, guys. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, eight guys in the box, and the Cowboys ran. It looked like almost like a sweep to the right-hand side. But before Elliott got the ball, Prescott pulled it out, and Cooper was wide open in the middle of the field. Uh, probably for like an 11-yard slant. But it was just one of those things where everybody's going in one direction. Cooper gets the ball on the other side of the field. If he makes that one guy miss, and I mean, he almost did, that's a 65-yard touchdown right there because everybody else is on the opposite side of the field. So uh, just some some really cool play designs from Kellen Moore in his first game as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Let's pause so we can tell you about today's sponsor of the show, which is MyBookie. MyBookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing, and they have the fastest payouts, seriously, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% cash bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Landon, I want to talk about some of the ways that the Cowboys use their, their receivers and their tight ends. Uh, you know, they did some interesting things here to kind of make sure that they didn't get pressed and they got some guys free releases. Uh, tell the people what you saw from the All-22 about some of the way that the, the receivers lined up. Well, I just thought it was really interesting how they were, you know, we, we had heard whispers of it, but they actually were deploying out the uh, – the bunches, the tight bunches that we were seeing, you know, some three by one, some uh, actual trips on on one side, um, and and you know sometimes a two by two. I mean, there was even a play where, I mean, it was the most glorious thing I've ever seen, Marcus, where they had a they they deployed twenty one personnel and then put them all out there in kind of traditional two tight, you know, uh, fullback spot, right, and then shifted everybody out into a shotgun empty spread formation. And it was just like, 
it was glorious to see. I mean, and that's the that's the stuff that they're going to do is that they're going to get you out there with their personnel, going to see how you respond to their personnel, and then they're going to shift or move right. people around in order to get them into good positions to get them open and, and, and create mismatches. And, you know, it's not just about using, you know, but people talk about how the use of space, they're not just talking about where routes end up and where they're going and that sort of thing. I think a lot of pre-snap space is about moving the defenders based on shifts and that sort of thing and then getting initial good looks uh, for for your wide receivers whether it's by isolation you know it's like that Cooper that Cooper touchdown throw right they isolate oh, him basically on the back side yeah, yeah it was a complete dime but they isolate him on the on the back side by getting everyone over onto the other side and if you notice i mean Everyone was talking about how Dak uh, wasn't was looking off P- uh, Peppers so that he didn't come all the way over to uh, to the Cooper side. But if, if you watch, Peppers was lined up on the not just like in the center field. I mean, he was lined up on the other side, like right. near the other hash. So uh, yeah, a lot of this has to do with how these formations and alignments are being schemed up and getting favorable looks and not just you know personnel but like how the defense is lining up getting favorable looks uh, uh, to to kind of exploit that and, and find ways to get guys open so I mean please correct me if I'm wrong but we certainly didn't see everything from Calamore in week one that we're going to see throughout the season right he's going to build off these and there's going to be plays off of these certain plays and formations right I mean we can expect this week against Washington to see maybe a totally different game plan. Maybe we're going to see uh, less bunch formations. Maybe we'll see more, and we'll see different you know ways that they they stack the receivers. Right? I, I don't think this is going to be the, the the offense isn't going to look the same every single week, right? Well, I mean it's it's about emptying the bag. You know, like right. this, this this defense. I mean, this offense has so many tools at their expo- uh, their disposal. I mean, they, they have a very diverse run game. Like, that's the thing that I think people forget. They have a very diverse run game. They have an RPO game that now, even better, fits with that run game. Their passing game is, is you know, it's 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 been made more diverse by the alignment and formations. Like, that's the thing about it is that Kellen Moore, the thing that's genius about Kellen Moore is not that he came in here and brought in all this new stuff and and you know brought in all his own tools and brought in all his own things and created something from scratch that's not what happened Kellen Moore was part of the team before took the pieces that he had already around the building and built this offense you know right. what i'm saying like th- like that's all it took was the the all the, the foundation stuff was there it's just about how it gets used and how the levers get deployed and and the person who's actually running the show uh, just having a different mindset as to how to deploy the the many different items that are at his use. All these plays, like even the the, the vaunted, you know, well documented uh, screen to Zeke, dude, they've been running that screen forever. Yeah, the difference absolutely. is is that they put four motions before it. That's right. the only difference, and, and that's what makes me so excited about. Uh, Kellen Morris because I feel like they're going to continue to build and they're going to continue to expand their playbook. They're not going to just stay with a certain amount of plays. They're going to make it look different every single time and that's going to keep defenses on their heels. Um, Let's go ahead and transition over to defense because there were some interesting takeaways. I didn't think the defense played all that well. 
Uh, I, I thought there were some times where you know they gave up too many big plays. They gave up you know the, the pretty soft cushions. Uh, but it's all kind of about working back into what we saw at the end of last year. Um, let's start with the defensive tackle play. What did you see from Malik Collins and Antoine Woods in this one, Landon? I just feel like there was inconsistent pad level early on. You know, I just feel like they were getting too high and they were getting pushed off the ball. And, and then when Zeke, I mean, when uh, Collins or whoever was getting good pad level and making penetration, it was it was unfortunate because. I mean, say what you will. Saquon Barkley is incredible, man. Like he's Absolutely. incredible, uh, and 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 that's the thing is that it felt like defenses were uh, the defense was making plays at certain times, but it, it, they couldn't finish because the guy that they were trying to get to was uh, was was just actually, I mean, just otherworldly spinning off of them. His contact balance was unbelievable. You know, there was, they did that mic'd up segment in the, uh, on DallasCowboys.com and it has all the players mic'd and talking on the sideline. And there's a part where Jeff Heath just is like, I, I couldn't even get close to him. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we saw, <laughs> but I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, it's hard to blame the guy. It's like, you know, you see him, you see Malik Collins blow a play behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then Barkley has to stop his feet. Two or three different Cowboy defenders get their hands on him and can't bring him down. And then he's, you know, it's like a three or four yard gain. And, you know, it took half the team to bring him down. And so it, I think that, first of all, yes, the Cowboys defense, especially I would say the linebackers early, did not play well. Uh, but I also think that, A, sort of a lot of it was, you know, kind of, Kicking rust off, and B, I can't think of a worse running back to have to go against the when you're trying to kick your tackling rust point, off yeah. than stick on Barkley. I mean, there probably isn't a worse running back to go against in the NFL. Yeah, and if you actually if you remember from last year, uh, Van Der Esch and Jalen both started the season off slow. I know Van Der Esch didn't start, but even in the first couple of games that he played, it wasn't like he was jumping off the screen right away. Uh, it, these guys do take at least a couple of weeks to get into the. The habit of tackling. Listen, they they don't tackle very much at Cowboys camp, if at all. I mean, please tell me, Landon, do, do they ever practice live tackling at Cowboys camp? Live tackling only. I mean, full takedown to the ground tackling only happens during the blue white scrimmage, and that's only for the younger players. So there's right, never so. there's never a full tackle part of practice during training camp. Right. But that's also, I think, I think that's a CBA thing too. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I know there there are some teams that do a little bit more live tackling than Dallas. Dallas is just one that they they don't want to risk it in the in the training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, again, I think it's going to be one of the things you try to get through the first month of the season, two and two, three and one, and then you're hoping by the end of the season it's something that's cleared up. And I think it will be. And I think that's why I'm not super concerned about Jalen and Leighton Van Der Esch. And as you mentioned, both of those guys kind of played better as the the, the game went on. Um, I do want to talk about. Van Der Esch's play that he made on the the Eli Manning grounding call because that was the difference in the game, right? Uh, what did you see on that play, Landon? Because that's kind of one that you pointed out to me before we did the show today. What what did you see from Van Der Esch on that one? I just think that you know it was a it was a great. First of all, I I still don't understand how he teleported 
Uh, He's pretty athletic. From, I mean, that dude, like, this, his closing speed is just crazy for a guy that size. And I think clearly it threw Eli off, and, you know, Eli threw it off. So uh, he just threw it down at the ground. I mean, you know, th- that play went from being a fourth and – I mean, that was basically a touchdown. If they could just – if they had figured that out, they went from scoring a touchdown to having to punt from, you know – Inside the 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 close to the red zone. Yeah, it's incredible. And then at, p- pinning us down to play the field position game to put us on our own five, and then from there we went on a ninety-five yard drive to score a touchdown. So that basically you know caused a fourteen-point swing there. And and at a point when the game was tied, uh, that was a pretty critical play at that point. Absolutely. Uh, one other little play that I want to point out before we go in. Um, Jordan Lewis, I mean, he, mm. he's just so underappreciated. But he had a play, I think it was actually on that same drive where they threw the ball to a, on a slant into the end zone. I believe it was against Evan Ingram uh, and just knocked the ball away. Some of his instincts and ability to kind of click and close uh, are just incredible. And it's, it's, it's too bad for Jordan Lewis that he is the fourth cornerback on this team because, my goodness, 25 other teams could use him as a starting cornerback. But... It's just such a luxury to have a player that like that where you get in the red zone, uh, you can throw him in there, feel comfortable, you can play him in the slot, you can play him out wide, you can even play him against tight ends if you need to because he's just that good. Uh, we saw him last year cover Kamara in the Saints game, and he did a fantastic job there. So uh, just wanted to give a little shout-out to Jordan Lewis. Um, any other All-22 notes before we go, Landon? Yeah, a couple really quick ones. One, Xavier Woods had a great game, showed up early with a forced fumble that we couldn't Absolutely. recover, but ended up with 11 tackles, which isn't great, but I, I think the fact that he's out there making tackles, showing us some physicality. He made a big tackle near the goal line as well. Um, he's not, not that, a big guy either. That's the no, thing. Is, but if he's, he's making 11 afraid. tackles, that means he's not afraid, right? No, not at all. Um more more of the swing pass RPOs to uh, uh, Randall Cobb, please. I like those. Oh, yeah. Those were really, really, really effective. And I think they, they put a lot of stress on, on defenders. And then I, just, again, the going back to the one last thing. Uh, well, two things, real quick. RPO, RPO, RPO. Then finally you pull out the rug with zone read QB keeper. I loved that stuff. Like that was – the play sequencing in this game was fantastic to – you set them up, set them up, set them up, and then uppercut. You know, and yeah. that was I thought there was you saw a lot of that. And then the last thing, just because I cannot not mention him, if Dak puts that deep throw to him a little more downfield, <laughs> we would be talking about how great a game Jameis Olawale had on limited snaps. He had a big blitz pickup on the Cooper touchdown, and was the I don't know if you saw that, uh, but on the third and four QB keeper on the on the zone read, yeah, he. he peeled off the read as the runner and made the lead block and the key block to convert that whole thing. He escorted the linebacker all the way back past the line the sticks. So uh, big kudos to Jameis Olawale on limited snaps. Gotta, gotta, gotta give him that wheel route, Dak. You gotta give him that wheel route touchdown. I need it, baby. I need it. Of course you had to bring that up. Uh, just <laughs> one point before we go. Uh I agree with the swing passes to Randall Cobb. That play that they designed was kind of fun where he was coming coming in motion. Elliott and the rest of the offensive line went the other way. The ball went to Cobb. The fun thing about that is the Cowboys can run that with two different players now, with Cobb and Tavon, and it's very, very different, right? Because Cobb, mm-hmm. 
Cobb doesn't have great speed, but as you saw on the one play, he's hard to bring down one-on-one because he just has a lot of strength and he can make you miss. Tavon is just has so much speed. So you can run that uh, two different ways depending on maybe the, the defender on that side of the field. If you feel like he's a little bit of a slower guy, maybe you throw Tavon over there. If you feel like he's a shaky tackler, maybe you throw Cobb over there. So just, just a really fun little play that the Cowboys, I'm sure, are going to expand on uh, as we get into the season. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.